All right, welcome back everyone to the next episode of the Servants Church podcast. Thanks for listening and tuning in and we're so appreciative of all your guys' questions. Please do keep sending them in. We love taking the time to answer them and uh, think about the best way that God wants to bless you guys with the right truth and the right answers. So this episode, this week, we're going to talk about maturity, mental health and the eternal security of the believer. Catchy title. Um, John, I'm just going to get right into it and uh, quote two of the questions we got in that we thought we'd handle this time so they are for the first one can you lose your salvation and the second one we got that was kind of linked to this that we thought we'd cover as well was um does a christian who commits suicide go to hell so john these are some timeless questions really big heavy and emotive uh, yeah. questions and we, we've been talking about how to, how to handle this really we, we felt like those two go together yeah. but um where where can we look in the scriptures to start informing ourselves about these things? Yeah, well, well, you're right to say they're really heavy questions, and and uh, we're gonna look at Hebrews chapter five, verse eleven through Hebrews chapter six, verse twelve. That'll probably be where we sort of camp on and look on. Yeah, so uh, we we recommend you guys pull up that passage, get your Bible out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that would be a good thing to do for this podcast. Uh, but I think before we say that, it's important for us to to say something about suicide. I think it's really important for us to understand. Uh, that the, there's only kind of there's only two reasons people attempt suicide. Uh, one of those reasons could be in the category of cultural reasons. So there are sort of uh, honor shame cultures where people feel like if they've done something that dishonors their family, the more honorable thing to do would be to end their life, and so that that can happen. Hmm. Um, the other reason really is uh, is bad mental health. Right, uh, which I guess you could say that about the first category as well, but yeah. it's poor mental health is why people uh, are are tempted to to take their own life, and I think we need to be really clear about that from the beginning, mm. so there's no condemnation as we talk about these things. Sure, yeah, it's maybe it's it's a it's that thought pattern that seems to think that things would be better off if I just wasn't here kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And we're going to talk a little bit about that as we go on. But sure. I, I think the, 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 the reason I wanted to maybe go with the Hebrews 5 and 6 passage is because yeah. it's, it's one of three uh, heavy passages within the book of Hebrews mm. uh, uh, that, that deal with this issue of losing your salvation or a warning about uh, maybe not maturing in your faith. In fact... Um, Really, what you see here, the whole book of Hebrews is written to Hebrew Christians who are experiencing persecution from non-Christian Hebrews. Right. And so they're being persecuted by their Hebrew brethren yeah. uh, in their culture because they're turning away from some of the Hebrew culture, the sacrifices and so on, to follow Jesus. And so there's a warning about not drifting away, not devaluing, uh, uh, not... Uh, uh, of minimizing the work of Christ, right, and so those those the warnings in the Book of Hebrews are around that, and mm. and a lot of them are connected to, as we'll see in, in this section, about not maturing, about not growing uh, in our relationship with God, not becoming more like Jesus, right. So. Yeah, sure, and and it's it's important to start off with the context of Hebrews, isn't it? Because I think if we just go ahead and read some of these tricky, difficult passages today, we might suddenly feel so terribly convicted or condemned. But like you say, it's important to remember this is this was kind of Jews facing persecu- uh, Jewish Christians, you know, and and Jew- uh, and Jewish um, and the Jews, and, and kind of being tempted maybe to go back to the old old system, the old sacrifice system. Yeah, I, I certainly don't have that temptation. No, but... so so we don't have the same exact temptation, but we probably could uh, relate to a temptation that would say, uh, you know, maybe maybe the, the, the people that we 
uh, run around with the people that we were like, and then we become Christians, and and then we are beginning to change, and because we're changing, it's putting a strain on those relationships, and so there's pressure from those relationships to to not change so much, mm. and there's the temptation to drift away or to walk away from the Lord. Mm. I think it's also important to remember that the whole theme of Hebrews really isn't about personal to maturity. That's kind of an application. Right. The theme is Jesus is better than anything the Old Testament has to offer. Mm. That all the Old Testament, in a sense, is a shadow, but the substance is is Christ. He's yeah. the He's what we're looking for. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of the idea. Right. Sure. Yeah. So I think probably the, to start off, it's important for us to explain what we mean by maturity, specifically um, because uh, maturity uh, is a spectrum uh, that all believers are on. So sometimes we might think maturity is someone who's full grown; they're mature. Right. Uh, in fact, I think that in the in the text that we're going to look at, the New King James uses the word perfection. So we we think of some level that someone's arrived, but actually it's it's a spectrum. It's the it's this uh, idea that we've gone from a new birth that Jesus talked about in John 3, 3, uh, being spiritually born, uh, having a new birth, yep. uh, to a new body, which Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, that right. this, this corruption is going to put on incorruption. And so maturity mm. is the process between those two things. We're not there yet, are we're we? Not, no, <laughs> but we should be in the process of that. Yeah. We should be maturing. Mm. Um, and it's interesting because there's there's several things about maturity that, that are talked about specifically in this context that we need to understand. Right. Um, so why don't, why don't you read, Ben, the verses 11 to 14 of Hebrews 5? Yeah, sure. So that says that uh, in the NIV, we have much to say about this, but it is hard to explain because you are slow to learn. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So yeah. it seems to be exhorting us towards a t- a maturity, right, John? And yeah, absolutely. In fact, he's, he's, in fact, he's kind of quantifying maturity as uh, the ability to recognize and explain God's truth because you've walked in God's truth. And so he's not saying everyone should eventually be a teacher, but what the author of Hebrews is saying is everyone should be able to explain what they believe and why. Mm-hmm. And so maturity is, is growing in that. You're, you're growing in your ability to recognize what is good truth, and explain why you believe that to be true. Yeah. Um, but it's also, it requires, as he mentioned there, elemental truth. It requires that we are have a grasp on the foundational truths that are in the scripture. In fact, that's what he says in the first part of chapter 6. Sure. Let, yeah, let me read that. That, that says, it, just carrying on the first few verses of chapter 6 of Hebrews. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment, and God permitting, we will do so. Are those really elementary things, though, John? I think those are things we all still question most days. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just feels like that. And I think that with that, actually, you're right. I mean, we feel that. We think, well, gosh, that doesn't seem very elementary. Those are kind of difficult things to get your head around. Um, but actually, that really does show how little we do pursue maturity as modern Western Christians. We really uh, don't have a good grasp on things that are quite foundational for our faith. So that should be 
uh, sobering to us. Um, there's some other aspects, though, of maturity that, that, that describe the spectrum that we're on and as, as those who should be maturing believers. Uh, another one we could see in 1 Peter chapter 4, actually the whole book of 1 Peter, but uh, that enduring suffering as an expected part of following Jesus, that's yeah. a part of maturing, right? We talked a little bit about that last week. That's right. Uh, also demonstrating the love of God because we've experienced the love of God. That's a big part of maturing. 1 Corinthians 13 is really clear about the centrality of love, how important it is. Uh, uh, even Paul even uses the phrases in 1 Corinthians 13. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I, I acted as a child. Right. But when I became a, a mature, I put away childish things. It's the whole context of, uh, that's in the context of the whole love chapter, chapter 13. Yeah. That's part of maturing. Uh, but also it's important for us to recognize that we're only going to mature. That kind of maturity is only achieved as being functional members of the body of Christ. Right. So, so, so this is not uh, the author of Hebrews or the scripture anywhere saying, hey, you grow up, you grow <laughs> up all by yourself. No, it's talking about an uh, 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 expected process where God takes us from the new birth to the new body. He matures us. And these are the things that we should expect to see in that Mm, great. Yeah. And that, that's really important. That last one, we do it together, don't we? Like Absolutely. you say, that, that's not a self, a self journey. Um, and we'll, we'll say more about that, won't we? But strugg yeah. struggling with some of these thoughts and the questions and mental health, that's not something we do alone either, is it? No, we, we should go through that together. So great. Um, how, how is, how is this, this pursuit of maturity then growing in these wonderful things, uh, linked to our, our mental health? Is, is it as simple as, as we learn our, you know, discernment and grow in love, then, um, we should better take care of people with mental health or we struggle with it less? Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. And it's a big question. Um, and I think it's important for us to, to understand what we even mean by mental health. Right. Uh, when we talk about mental health, we tend to uh, forget that it's also a spectrum. We think either I have mental health issues or I don't have mental health issues. And that's just not true. All people are on the spectrum of mental health. And mm. that spectrum uh, kind of it can, we, we tend to look at it as like debilitating illnesses, anxiety or depression that keep us from functioning as we should as normal. Right. Uh, but it, it can go from there, but it can also be just the daily ups and downs that we experience. Sure. Uh, how, do, how do we function in different relationships? So in other words, it's not just about illness, it's also about wellness. Mm. And so when we talk about mental health, obviously there's gonna be a connection between that and maturity, uh, maturing as believers. Yeah. I think it's also though really important when we talk about mental health that, <clears throat> that sort of uh, struggles in mental health can be triggered in a, a, a variety of different ways with a variety of different people. Right. So, so uh, maybe a good example of, of maybe unexpected uh, mental health issues can be a situation where, where women after they have children sort of with postpartum. Right. And women who maybe didn't really struggle with too many uh, mental health challenges, they find themselves having a baby, hormones are going nuts, and it really affects their mental health. Hmm. Um, the, the, the crisis we find ourselves in now, COVID-19, yes. yes. uh, the lockdown specifically, uh, these things can have a, a negative impact on our mental health. And so mm. it's important that we recognize all of us, all people are on this spectrum, whether they're believers or not. Yeah. Um, and I think too, it's really important to recognize, and this is kind of where there's a parallel with maturing as a believer in mental health, is that to, to pursue good mental health, 
Uh, if we're going to pursue that, it's only going to happen if we pursue it within a healthy community. Again, you, we're not solitary people. We're not meant to be by ourselves. Some of us might be more prone to enjoy alone time than others or whatever, sure. but we still need other people. God's created us to, to need other people. So yeah. if we're going to have good uh, mental health, yes. it's going to have to happen in a healthy community. Oh, yes. I think we're really seeing those kind of needs come out during this, this lockdown period. It, it, even people who before might have been thinking, oh, I don't really need to be around people that much, or I, I've not got mental health struggles. I think we're all seeing to some degree how important these things are now that we're faced with the current situation. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think this kind of, uh, this is where it's important for us. If we, if we recognize the fact that maturity is a spectrum that all believers are on and mental health is a spectrum that all people are on. Yeah. And when, when we recognize that, then we should hopefully be less, uh, it should be less of a taboo subject hmm. that we should recognize. Uh, we should talk about maturity and pursue maturity together, but we should also with that talk about mental health. How are we doing? Yeah. And I think it's also important that we recognize that when we talk about uh, spiritual maturity and mental health, that these two things can have an effect on each other. Right. Um, but they also aren't completely dependent upon each other. That's a real crucial distinction. Right. So, so let's, let's pretend that there's, there's two, two believers, believer A, believer B. We'll call one Alex and one Bob. Sure. Okay? Okay. And so, so we have uh, believer uh, A, Alex. Al- Alex is, is one who's, who's growing in maturity. He's not just being milk-fed using the language from Hebrews 5. No. But he's actually a meat feeder. He's actually uh, giving meat to others. He's actually able to, to have these good truths that are solid and to be able to express them to others because he's walking in those truths. Okay? Yeah, yeah. So Alex has a measure of spiritual maturity. But then Alex could really be uh, on the spectrum of mental health. He could really be wrestling with anxiety, depression in mm. really big ways. Mm. So, so, so that you can be a mature believer and still struggle with mental health issues in a big way. Yeah. On the flip side, let's talk about Bob, believer B. Uh, Bob uh, struggles with daily ups and downs like like most people, but yeah. most people look at him and think he's sound, he's he's fine, healthy family, healthy relationships. Yeah. But Bob actually has to still be milk fed. He's mm-hmm. not very mature spiritually, right. and because he's not very mature spiritually, he may struggle uh, when uh, he may struggle to cope with the mental health issue as it comes up, maybe more so than say. Alex would. So right. even though Alex on the spectrum of mental health might be in a, in a worse place, we might say, at least visibly, mm. uh, because he's spiritually more mature, he has the tools he needs, he knows he needs God's people around him to deal with that. Whereas Bob, when he starts struggling with mental health, and he will eventually struggle with something. Yes, we all do. We yeah. all do eventually. Yeah. Uh, he may struggle more, and it actually may be a big, uh, it may be a factor that really affects his faith. Uh, because he hasn't matured. So it's important to see that these things um, do affect each other, but they're not exactly dependent upon each other. Right, yes, yes. So they, they don't go hand in hand, but they are linked. We can't just expect that as as we mature, you know, we'll have less and less mental health problems. It's yeah. that simple. Come on, yeah. you know, grow up. No, no, not like that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and these these kind of stereotypes that we've come up with, you know, Alex and, and, and Bob, we've got to remember these these are just like real people we, we yeah. both know, uh, don't we, John? And, and would you consider yourself, um, you know, in, in a similar place to, to some of these kind of guys? Yeah. <laughs> well, absolutely. I'm definitely, I think, probably more like Alex than Bob. Uh, and, and in one sense, I'm thankful for that. I've definitely had some very serious mental health issues. Um, even as a pastor, hmm. I've struggled with suicidal thoughts, right. um, depression, anxiety. In fact, one of the things that's tricky about uh, mental health is that 
there, there can be issues that have um, happened in our past or, or, or thought processes that we have that we've developed in our past that we don't lose even when we become Christians. And some of that is because God in his grace is patient and he doesn't want to kind of probably overwhelm us with everything. Mm. But they eventually can come to the surface. And that's definitely been my experience. Right. Uh, even, even recently, in the last year or so, I, I, had to, um, I went and took a sabbatical. It was supposed to be two months. It's only been three weeks, but still. <laughs> but part of that sabbatical is I needed to kind of uh, deal with some of these issues that were coming to the surface. Uh, you know, uh, just a, a variety of things that were, I wasn't processing very well. Now, I'm so thankful that the Lord has brought me to a place where I, um, has grown me to the point where I, I know I can trust God's word. And part of trusting God's word is knowing that he's given me God's people mm. and the, the leadership team and the trustees have been, were just amazingly supportive and they said, John, what you need right now is this, yeah. you know, have some time to seek the Lord. And so uh, I was really thankful to have that. But it's important that we, we see this, that that doesn't, that didn't just qualify me from being a pastor. Hmm. Uh, now, if I would have handled that wrong, and even some of the ways that I was tempted to handle that wrong, could have led to behaviors that would have disqualified me as a pastor. Right. But just the, the the actual mental health issues themselves don't, right. because they're not about maturity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're just about um, issues that we struggle with. Yeah. Um, and I can also testify that um, as I uh, I pursue the things that that uh, are good for my spiritual maturity, yeah. as I seek the Lord with people. As I stay in the Word, um, as I as I want to grow in love by the power of God's Holy Spirit, yeah. that it it doesn't take away my mental health struggles, but it does help me cope with mm. my mental health struggles. There's no doubt about that. Oh man, that's really encouraging. It, it's these resources that you're you're talking about, the way God, the tools He gives us to yes. to exhort and encourage one another. And one of the main things that's coming out of this is the importance of community and, and just going through these things together, um, as, as well as these, these resources and, and tools, though, kind of bringing it back to the original question about wondering about salvation and, and uh, where, where we stand when we ha- have, you know, really bad bouts of, of mental health that can lead us to these serious doubts of where we are. And even with suicidal thoughts, I mean, wh- wh- where does the believer go when they're seeing their mental health really did go in that direction of, of worrying? about these big things yeah well the simple the simple answer is and this is going to sound a little cliche but it is the answer of hebrews is they go to jesus this is where we go in fact if anyone's listening to this it's not a believer Mm. my encouragement to you would be to consider jesus even in the midst even uh, well uh, specifically because of your mental health problems again not a promise that he's going to take those all away immediately but a promise that he will be there to walk with you in those things yeah um, I think it's important too that this is where the issue of eternal security comes in, or the issue of can a, uh, a believer lose their salvation? Yeah. Um, because I think it's. It, well, let me first maybe kind of give a quick definition of eternal security. Eternal security, or, or some have called this the perseverance of the saints. Mm. It's the belief that those who have experienced this new birth uh, in in John three three we talked about yeah. will ultimately persevere in faith. In other words, they'll continue to believe. And therefore, are guaranteed to experience the new body. In other words, they're going to get to heaven. They're going to get to the resurrection. Guaranteed. Wow. Guaranteed. That's the whole idea of eternal security. Great. And I want to say for the record, I believe this. Uh, I, I believe this with all my heart. Mm. Uh, and uh, But it's interesting because this section specifically, specifically in, in Hebrews 6, 4 to 8, yeah. seems to kind of challenge that. That's right. That's right. Yes. It's it's striking. It makes for striking reading, listening, uh, reading about... The, 
it's impossible for someone who's tasted of, of, of heaven to kind of be brought back to repentance. That's what's in yeah, my mind. In fact, yeah. why don't you read that? Because it just, it's really important that people hear these words for themselves. Absolutely. So this is um, he, Hebrews uh, 6, 4, uh, 4 to 8, which says, It is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, if they fall away, to be brought back to repentance, because to their loss they are crucifying the Son of God all over again and subjecting him to public disgrace. Land that drinks in the rain, often falling on it, and that produces a crop useful to those for whom it is farmed, receives the blessing of God. But land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless and is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will all be burned. Well, well, gosh, John, I, I don't want to be worthless, useless land producing yeah. thorns and thistles. Well, and it's, and it's, it's very sobering. Uh, the, and these words are meant to be sobering. And we don't want to take away the edge uh, that's meant to be there. This is a, a serious warning that anyone who, who uh, professes faith in Jesus needs to, to heed. Hmm. Um, the, the issue is, though, is this describing someone who's experienced the new birth? Or is this describing someone who has experienced the work of the Spirit within the church? Um, now, this, and that's the, that's the question. Um, the, because if this is describing someone who, who has experienced the new birth, then we can lose our salvation. Right. Now, one, one of the things that's really clear I'm not saying is that we can lose our salvation, get it back, lose it again, get it back. <laughs> In fact, that's the phraseology of it's impossible. It's the idea that if, uh, if you could lose your salvation or if, if you do cross this line, you're not coming back from it. And that's a very sobering thing to think about. Mm. But I don't think this is talking about it. I think this is talking about someone who's experiencing that work of God's Spirit uh, among God's people uh, and, and just decides, you know what? Uh, I, I decided after you know months or weeks or years mm. of, of seeing things that I, I thought maybe were God, that maybe God isn't real or Jesus isn't the truth, and so they walk away. Right. Uh, and, the, and I get that because of what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 where he says, um, you know, uh, many will say to me uh, in that day, and that is in judgment day, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not do miracles in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Yeah. And he says, I know, and I will say to them, depart from me. I never knew you. Mm, never. Yeah. yeah, that's never knew you. Exactly. So mm. it doesn't seem to be an indication of, well, I knew you, but you walked away. So sorry, dude, you're out. It's like, <laughs> look, I never knew you. In other words, it's possible for us to be actively involved in even seemingly supernatural things mm. and not be have and not have experienced the new birth. Right, yeah. And so there's a real need for us to to see this the, the need for the new birth or what theologians call regeneration. Right. The scripture also calls it regeneration. Um and, and kind of going even further, I, I would say, does this describe a carnal Christian who's maybe gone too far, someone who's maybe uh, involved in habits they shouldn't be involved in, and they just they've kind of they sinned one too many times, or is this describing someone who's literally rejecting Christ as Savior? Right. Because it seems to me it's the latter that, mm. that this is rejecting someone who's kind of said, you know what, I don't need Jesus. Think of the context. It's like a, a Hebrew Christian says, forget it. I'm going to just be a Hebrew and not be a Christian. Right. That's what it seems to be talking about here in my mind. Yeah. In fact, I think the the last verses that you read about the the, the verses these metaphors. Uh, destri- describing this land the that land, doesn't produce, yeah. yeah. They don't really describe something that's good that's gone bad, but more so maybe something that's good or bad, or its goodness or badness yeah. is is um, uh, revealed in its response. Hmm. So the rain, the work of the Spirit falls in the land. Are there good seeds in that land? 
up comes good crops. Bad seeds, up comes bad crops. So, so that's kind of the idea. If we've received the seed, big S, Jesus, yeah. uh, then the, the work of the Spirit is to bring life to that. And I believe he, he brings it to the end. Mm. And so, so now the thing is, is that other people disagree with me, even people within our own movement, Calvary movement, disagree with me. Right. But I, I, I'm convinced this is the case. And this is important when it comes to the question of can a believer lose their salvation, but also what happens to the Christian who commits suicide? Yeah, Because is it even possible for somebody who um, uh, is generally born again to commit suicide? And I think the answer we have to come to the conclusion is, well, yeah. Is it possible for someone who's a general born again believer to hate in their heart? Well, yeah. Mm. Um, so what if somebody uh, is hating in their heart at the point that they die? Do they lose their salvation? Is that the way it works? I, I don't think so. If we're saved by, we're not saved by our repentance. We're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Amen, Repentance yeah. is our response to that salvation. Mm. Um, so I'll give you a scenario. Uh, say say a, a pastor uh, you know, or a, a godly man, just say a godly man or a woman yeah. uh, gets in a, an argument with their spouse and is so angry that they drive off uh, in a rage, and they're just hating their spouse in their heart. They drive too fast. They hit a telephone pole. They're dead. Have they lost their salvation because there was hate in their heart mm. when they died? So if the answer is yes, well, then do you even understand salvation? If the answer is no, well, then why would someone who who's a believer, who's been born again, but has fallen into a, a, a really place of despair, uh, would they lose their salvation? So the, to answer the question in a simple way, I'm going to say no. That a believer, someone who's born again believer who then commits suicide, they don't go to hell. They're still God's uh, child and they go to heaven. Yeah. I think, though, it's important that we, we talk about this uh, uh, in more than just what if terms. Mm. Uh, because it's important for us to recognize. It's important for one of the things that's kept me from, uh, from falling through with something like that when I've been tempted, and I have been seriously tempted with this, yeah. is the damage I would do. To people I love, right. So, so the pain that I'm feeling, and this is why we're tempted to end our life, because we don't really want our life to end; we want the pain to end. Hmm. But you know, if part of maturing is me learning to endure suffering, even if the suffering is suffering that I didn't put on myself, it's just mental health suffering that I've inherited or what have you. Yeah. Um, if that's part of maturing is me enduring suffering. Then, then part of me maturing in Christ is when I'm tempted to do harm to myself. I say, no, I'm going to do so much damage to, to my family, to my church family, mm. to people that I love. I, I, I have to say, God, help me with this. Mm. And I think, too, uh, I'm, in my experience, when I've really struggled with depression or anxiety, that the, the hand of God in my life has, has been heavy. In other words, I'm feeling heavy because of the mental illness. I'm wrestling with those things themselves. But I'm also, when I'm tempted to just sort of wallow in that, in that self-pity or to numb the pain, escape the pain, uh, maybe not just with suicide, but maybe escape the pain by uh, just watching too much television or something I know is going to just spin sure. me out even worse. Yeah. That God's hand is heavy on me. Um, and that is what keeps me uh, at times from going too far that direction. Right. Which brings to me up a really big important issue. Yeah, that's that's what I've been wondering. For those of us struggling with these things, and it, it might even bring us to the place of doubting, well, am I really born again then? Where's where's my regeneration? But that, that brings us to this idea of, of assurance, right, John? And, and yes. I think we were just chatting before, and you said there was a particular 
point of, of reading Hebrews specifically that kind of solidified for you that there is um, there is some truth in the God's discipline for, as a father to his children, right? Yes, absolutely. In fact, there, one of the things we have to recognize is there's a difference between secure, the security of the believer and assurance of the believer. So security is, is the idea that our salvation is based on Christ alone. Ephesians uh, 2, 8, 9 says that clearly we're, we're saved by grace uh, through faith, not of works, lest any man uh, of, uh, should boast uh, that that faith is a gift of God, even the faith itself is a gift of God. Mm. And so the, our security is based solely on what Christ has done for us. Yeah. But our assurance has to do with our confidence that we indeed are saved. And that assurance uh, is connected to, it is connected to uh, how we're responding to the truth. In fact, if you read verses 9 to 12 of Hebrews uh, uh, if he, no, not Hebrews chapter twelve, but nine through twelve of Hebrews chapter uh, six, and see how what the author says about the people that he's warning. Uh, yeah, so that says, even though we speak like this, dear friends, we are confident of better things in your case, things that accompany salvation. God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. We want each of you to show the same diligence to the very end in order to make your hope sure. We do not want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. Uh, so, sounds like security to me, John. Yeah, well, there's there's at least what I think the author is doing is saying, look, there's assurance on our case looking at you because we see evidence of God's grace in your life. The fact that you love God's people, you serve God's people, though you're tempted to kind of walk away from Christ because of the persecution, uh, and we're warning you that's a bad thing, don't do that, uh, that we're, we're assured that you're going to be okay. But even more than that, there's this great uh, text in, in the uh, John's epistle, 1 John chapter 3, where it says, Beloved, we are now God's children, but we don't know what we're going to be, uh, you know, in the future. In other words, we don't, we're not fully assured what it's going to be like when we get the new body, right? right yeah. Um, uh, but we know that we'll be uh, like him because we'll be made like him. You know, we'll be like Jesus. So there's this great assurance. We're God's kids now. We're loved by God now. Uh, and we have this hope for the future. And then it says in verse 3 of chapter 3, And he who has this hope purifies himself. So the hope comes before the purity. Hmm. And so in a sense, the security comes before the works that, that, that uh, give us assurance that we are indeed belonging to him. Right. And here's the thing that bridges these two things is what you were referencing to is Hebrews chapter 12. Right. Because in Hebrews chapter 12, the whole chapter is about chastening. And the author of Hebrews is saying, listen, this persecution is heavy, but it's not as heavy as what Jesus went through. <laughs> oh, yeah. And the persecution is heavy. But this is part of how God is teaching you, how God is chasing you and correcting you because he loves you. Mm. And so one of the great things that assures us that we belong to God is that even when we sin, we can't get away with it. His hand is heavy on us. Even when we're tempted to sin or we begin to sin because of even our mental health struggles, mm -hmm. because those things can induce us to sin in ways that maybe someone who has a healthy mental outlook isn't tempted in. But even in that case, it's his assuring love, his chastening love that brings us back where we are meant to be. Yeah. Which is why I would say to someone who's listening to this, if you're tempted with suicidal thoughts, uh, you know, first of all, if you're not a believer, you need to know there is real hope in Jesus. Yes. Real hope in Jesus that you can experience now. Mm. But if you are a believer in Jesus and you're feeling completely hopeless, you need to know I'm challenging you, don't do that. It's a selfish thing to do. It is a sinful thing to do. Suicide is sinful. 
It's not the unforgivable sin, but it's still sinful. Yeah. Don't do it. Let that conviction, let that conviction be heavy on you and, and turn away from that. And instead, look for the resources that God has to help you. Yeah. And yeah, great. Thanks, John. Just just to kind of wrap, wrap that off then, if, if we got a few um, tips from kind of struggling ourselves in some ways for some some of our Christian brothers and sisters going through this right now. I mean, I do just some brief reading. I've heard that it's good to you know kind of get out, get outside, get some fresh air, some exercise if, if you're in the if you're in the worst of it kind of thing. Well, even if you're not in the worst, of it, I think there's some there's some uh, basic responsibilities that we should all take on uh, for good mental health, no matter where we are on the spectrum of mental health. Mm. Uh, you know, regular exercise, decent diet. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, I'm not talking about expensive health food. I'm just talking about get your veg in and maybe don't eat too much processed stuff if you can avoid it or too much uh, junk food if you can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Uh, those things do have an effect. Right. Um, but, but even more than that, as believers, the resources that God gives us are so important. Yeah. Uh, God's people. And that's what makes this lockdown so tricky because we don't get to see people face-to-face as much. Mm-hmm. But man, pick up the phone. Don't wait for someone else to call you. Call them and say, I'm not doing well. Yeah. We need to be in that place. It's hard. I, I can say firsthand, it's rare that I say to somebody, hey, I, I call someone up and say, I'm not doing well. Thankfully, there's people in my life that will ask me, hey, how are you doing? But they ask me that because they know I've struggled with mental health. I've been honest about it. And so when they do, I can say, not too, I'm not doing too well. Please pray for me. And it does help. It helps to have people support you, pray for you. Another thing I'd say, and this kind of connects to what we talked about last week with the um, about the prosperity gospel, yeah. is that we need to make sure that we're saturating ourselves in the real gospel, yeah. in the truth of God's word. Uh, this is why we need to really be picky about who we listen to, the teachers we listen to. We shouldn't just be listening to anybody who's uh, cool to listen to, but <laughs> somebody's going to saturate us in the real gospel. Yeah. I have a, a, a practical suggestion. Um, there's a great documentary that's on Netflix right now. So if people are, are, have Netflix, it's called American Gospel, Christ Alone. And it's basically a documentary. I'm shocked it's on Netflix, to be honest. But it's a documentary uh, that, uh, and you can, you can actually buy it on Amazon as well. All right. uh, but it basically talks about the prosperity gospel as being a false gospel. Hmm. And that's, that's what they mean by the American gospel is the prosperity gospel, that being a false gospel. Right. Uh, but then in that, they talk about what the true gospel is. Mm-hmm. And, and man, I'll tell you what, it's just such a good thing to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's the, most of the guys, all the guys that, they, that are bringing forth the gospel are really good guys. Uh, it's a great thing uh, to check out. So that's, if, you, if you need to kind of just turn off your brain a little bit and just be spoon-fed <laughs> through media... Uh, watch that on Netflix or buy it on Amazon. It's a really good thing. American gospel. American gospel, right? Cool. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, that's that. About does it for our time uh, this episode. Thanks again for listening, guys. As as, a, as God's family together, united even in this lockdown, let's gospel ourselves, gospel each other, and be that person ready to receive the phone call and um, not not be afraid to make those phone calls either. Um, so, if this has um, triggered off any other questions from you guys, if this is um, made you think about some other deep things some things you're struggling with right now we'd love to hear it um the the form for your questions is in the description so do send us those we love handling this stuff and um we thanks for listening we'll we'll see you next time 